Well, it's almost time for the weekend. Before we officially kick it off, though, you know what's, what it's time for, right? Another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. Uh, this is Andrew, and I'm glad to be with you on this Friday. Uh, believe it or not, we are... Uh, the baseball season is in full swing, Woo. and so uh, exciting, I know, especially because it signals the end of the long winter, and uh, we're glad at the Speaking for Him podcast because it's a lot easier to schedule our podcasting sessions and things of that nature when the weather is cooperative, and Adam just might bust out his flip-flops if he has not already. <laughs> so, if it breaks 45, boom. Exci- exciting, exciting things are on the horizon. All right, well, because of that, um, I thought it would be uh, neat to feature a review of a baseball movie that I recently saw, and Adam has seen it as well, called Home Run. And I will say, though, that it's actually not a baseball movie. It's more of a this-is-real-life movie with baseball as the backdrop. Yeah. And we'll explain a little bit more about that as we get in. Um, and I'll start out my review by saying that this is probably for older viewers. It definitely earns its PG-13 rating. Not for bad reasons, just because of frank discussions of adult topics. And we won't get into too much of that on the podcast but just know that going into the film. All right, uh, Adam has our quote of the day, and then we will go from there into our movie trailer, and I will be back in a moment. And this actually comes from the movie Home Run. It says, it takes courage to be a parent. It takes bravery to lead them. Parenting is not for cowards. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I picked the quote because it stuck out, and interestingly enough, I actually picked it before I watched the film, and I'm like, if this quote is in the film, then uh, it's got to be a good one. So let's roll the trailer. I know I said we were going to go right into the trailer, but that kind of started to lead to an awkward pause. So here we are. So let's go into the, the trailer for Home Run, the movie. DUI caught on tape over a million hits. Doc, is he alright? You've been suspended for eight weeks. Was there alcohol involved in the accident? The Grizzlies want proof that you're attending a 12-step program. 12-step? They want you out of sight until you've completed eight weeks. Mr. Brand has kindly offered to stay here in Oak Mulgee and take his brother's place as head coach of the kids' baseball team. Emma Johnson. I'm actually one of the Bulldogs' other coaches. Come check this out. Your mom and Corey Brand were the best couple in high school. You're pretty much just a wild child felon to them. But I've changed, Emma. Clearly. I found you a 12-step program. No matter who you are, and no matter what you've done, there will come time when you can make it on your own and then you're out of desperation no you're not the only one praying lord above i need a miracle 
away. That's what you do best, Corey. You had no right. You will not say no. No, I'm staying. Bring it in. First time, Tyler. That's what I'm talking about. You're a great mom. Nothing great happens when you hold back. All right. Well, there you have it. The theatrical trailer for Home Run the Movie. And basically, this movie um, is about a professional baseball player. Um, is the name Corey Brand? Yeah. Yep. Corey Brand. And he has an alcohol problem. Um, so right away, that's kind of where the mature content comes in, um, because rather than kind of being a sidebar uh, to the to the movie, as it might be if it was for more younger viewers, it definitely is front and center. And then through the course of the movie, uh, he goes back to his hometown, deals with some of his past issues, and um, finds a Celebrate Recovery group. And gets things right with God and with his family. So I really think it was a good film, and we'll dig into some specifics as we go on. But Adam, what were your initial thoughts? Um, I definitely was kind of um, caught off guard a little bit. You mentioned before we started the podcast that um, it's a little bit uh, heavier than you kind of expect. You think, oh, it's going to be about baseball and you know, this guy maybe thinks he's all that, and then he gets a reality check that he's not, and then everything works out. But then you watch the movie, and it's like, oh, okay. So this is a little more real life than you think it was because it, it's it's about um, about struggles, how there's hope in that, but also when people are in the pre-stage of finding help for struggles of kind of what happens through there. So um, it, it, it's, it was interesting, but uh, it was – it was cool to see how they brought it home at at the end. So um, it, it, it was good. Well, and I think that was one of the things that struck me the most about the movie was the fact that when he was going through this process of trying to recover from his alcoholism, it wasn't like a quick montage and we're done. Right. You know, he really had this desire to want to get better and then had some struggles, wasn't able to sh- to kick it by himself. And had to admit that and had to get help. Um, and so I, I think it was fairly realistic. You know, we've had discussions on this podcast before about Christian films and how their quality of production might be lackluster. I think they did a very good job of the quality. Uh, originally, I kind of thought that they might have filmed some of it in West Michigan because I don't know if you noticed, Adam, but in the beginning baseball scene there's some people with white caps yeah uh baseball jerseys coming into the stadium as fans yep i couldn't find any confirming information about that um the information that i saw about locations was that it seems to have been all filmed in oklahoma uh, but if that's the case then there are some white caps fans in oklahoma i suppose <laughs> but i just thought that was kind of interesting to see that local connection um and if you know, if I if anybody has any greater detail on that, it'd be interesting to find out. But uh, that's just an interesting thing that I noticed after 
you know, I actually noticed it the first time, but especially again the second time, I noticed that, and and it was just kind of neat to see, because most people, if you're talking nationwide, probably wouldn't pick up on that because it's just a local minor league ball team, but um, kind of exciting to see them get some product placement at the very least. Um. All right. Um, what are some of the things that you thought were most positive about this movie? Uh, for me, I like how it showed how there's hope even when things look really, really messy. Because uh, I won't give away too many details, but when you catch this movie, uh, it's a it's a hot mess to start. <laughs> there's a lot going on, and more than just um, Corey struggling with with alcoholism. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with, with family things and such, but it it shows that when those situations come up, even though it's hard to pick up the pieces, it's it's possible. And I like how they sent out that little reminder that there's hope. Well, the thing, one of the things that I I thought of, and the 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 thing is, we've already talked about that it's pretty intense. And the reason we keep bringing it up is because it really leaps out at you in the very first. Yeah. One of the very first scenes is him interacting with his father. Uh, when, when he is a young boy and his father's an alcoholic and his father is on this drunken tirade to try to get him to uh, achieve baseball perfection as a young boy. And so that's a very important lesson right there that, that the sins that we struggle with are nothing to be messed with because they can affect the future generation. You know, we often think we live life in a bubble. The, the things that I do aren't going to affect you. The things that you do aren't going to affect me. And this movie really brought it out that the things we do do affect each other. Another one of these things is that he gets in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And ironically, or I should say, um, as is often the case... He was barely injured, but his brother was severely injured because his brother was a passenger, not knowing that he was drinking and driving. So just another one of those examples of how the things we do affect others. And, of course, you see that in some of his strained family relationships. And you find out through the course of the film that he actually has a family that he hasn't spoken to in years. And so he's affecting them as well. So... Was there anything in particular that you saw as a negative in this particular film? Uh, the only thing for me is uh, that there was some cheese at moments. Uh, it was a little cheesy, kind of sometimes like the the acting or or something along those lines. And you know, so I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a movie. You know, this isn't the uh, the uh, final exam at acting class or something. So. Um, there were times where, with that, I was like, uh, okay, yeah, that that's kind of okay-ish. But uh, they they brought it home at the end. No pun intended, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, they they hit a home run at the end of the movie. But that well, the interesting thing to me was, and I understand that celebrate recovery is a, is a good thing, and I'm not here to knock it. But I also know certain people that are kind of addicted to recovery. Oh, okay, yeah. And so uh, I know of certain people like that and where I knew of a, a girl, a lady that I worked with who said she was going to like three or four Alcoholics Anonymous groups in one week, you know, every week. And 
almost like recovery can become an addiction in and of itself. And so if I had one uh, knock of the movie, um, it almost kind of kind of gives that impression like you'll be perpetually in recovery. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't be on your guard for the things that you struggle with. And there are certain things that you'll struggle to an extent with uh, for all of your earthly life. But I also think that we need to get to the place where we're not addicted to recovery, where we get the help that we need and we move on and move past it. And uh, so that's just, that was my one um, negative was that it seemed almost like too much of a commercial for the particular group Celebrate Recovery. But that is, and I'm sure they're doing great work. Don't get me wrong. It's not a full knock on them. It's just something that I noticed going through and I can tell from the outset that that would be a complaint that some people would have, especially if they're looking at it from a purely cinematic place. And of course it talks about some other very hard hitting issues. Um, um, some that are more men's issues, some that are more women's issues. We won't get into detail on that. Um, because I, because well, it is dealt with in a, uh, in a good manner. Uh, it's very like can bring up some very frank discussions with your teenager. So be aware of that um, as you are watching the film. And that is why chiefly those scenes where they're discussing these issues are why it's not for the younger viewer. And it really does earn its PG-13 rating. But it is important. And so I think it's still worth seeing uh, as long as you use your discretion as a parent to decide who best should see this film. All right, Adam, who's your favorite character? You know, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of interesting because uh, it's not exactly like a, a main character. It's a supporting role. Uh, Corey's brother was married to a woman named Karen. And uh, throughout the whole movie, when Corey at first was kind of, kind of yelling at them and, and not treating the family so good and all this stuff, through the whole thing, Karen was very real and even in the end, she had talked to someone about how uh, Corey's life started to change, but there was someone who was still angry at him and staying the same. And Karen was like, the only one who's not changing at this point is you, kind of talking about you You have to forgive him and open the door. And uh, I just thought that was very interesting. Um, I always love seeing those situations where people not only go through things and, and come out on the other side cleaner with God's help, but how they – React and, and treat things during the situation, and I thought Corey's wife's or Corey's brother's wife, Karen, um, did a great job of that. And I would say that the friend to whom you are referring, Emma, she was probably my favorite character because the whole struggle that she went through, um, having uh, gotten pregnant out of wedlock, and then finding a husband, and he married her, and he was killed overseas, which they never tell you why he was overseas, which is another hole in the plot. That's but true. I'm, I'm guessing, by the way they talked about it, that he was a soldier. Probably. Um, because because um, her, she talked a lot about how he was her hero and how he was a real man. And one of the... One of the um, times that she talked with Corey, she's like, he did all the things that you never did because he was a real man. 
and you know, kind of trying to demean him. Yeah. And get him to think. And so I just really like her as my my uh favorite character. And uh It's our hotline. <laughs> People uh, calling in. Uh, all right. Um do you have a least favorite character? Um I I do. Yes. Um there was a coach that was coaching uh, other teams and happened to be a cop in the town. His name was uh, Coach or Officer uh, Pajerski. And um, this guy didn't have the best attitude. And uh, it, it was interesting how Coach Pajerski, who was um, kind of the coach of the other team in town, he was treating his son who was on that team the same as Corey was treated when he was younger. And he also revealed a secret later in the movie to one of the characters that also kind of caused a domino effect for a little bit. So I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm a super fan of this guy. <laughs> kind of more of those, you got to pray a little bit to ask God to help you love him a little more than, than not. But um, it was just one of those kind of, uh, kind of backline characters, but yet still kind of made it a, a negative effect on stuff where I was well, just not a fan. Well, I got to say the agent in <laughs> the movie – was quite the character, no pun intended, but she really was. Like, there were parts of her that I liked, but I think overall, uh, she, of course, being in the sports world and having that be what she cares about, doesn't understand the process that Corey's going through and uh, getting uh, getting used to normal life again, getting trying to get back involved with his own family. And I thought it was kind of interesting in the early part of the scene when she talks about having to make nice with the kid that he knocks over because before he was suspended as the trailer alludes to he knocks over a kid at the game a bat boy there's no mention of the fact that it's actually his nephew yeah i thought that was kind of interesting because the dad his dad says he has a name he's carlos but he never says it's my son yeah (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was kind of interesting and then of course we find out later that Corey's son is playing on the team as well. So just mm-hmm. a lot of layers, a lot of intricacies, and just a very well-done show. And then also the fact that there were mentions of a need for Jesus, and there was mention that Corey became a believer in Jesus, but it never gets rammed down your throat. I thought that part was was very well done. And um, I, I just really think that this um, this movie would be worth your time. Um, maybe even tonight, if you have Netflix, you can punch it right up because it's available on Netflix. And um, I hope that you will enjoy it with your older family members and just use your discretion as to what age you would you would use. I would say 13 or 14 on up is a good gauge uh, because you will have to be ready for some frank discussions about some very important topics. Um, but it's just up to you whether your children are ready for them. All right. Adam, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've taken away from this film? I would say second chances. I think it gives a really good accuracy of how not only somebody struggling can have second chances, but somebody who um, like maybe left when they had a child as a father and now he's, he's coming back, um, how a family can be fixed, and how people open their hearts at the end of the movie to let him back into the to the family and into their lives. So, I thought they did a really great depiction of just reminding you, you know what? Second chances they can happen if you just open the door to them. Well, 
I just really, I really liked the lesson that uh, he said that he received pain from his father and his father um, suffered from pain from his father and just the generational yeah. hold that that has. And the fact that I'm sure as a kid, the last thing he wanted to do was become his father. But in reality, uh, that's, that's what he became. Mm-hmm. And his brother even says at one point, you become more and more like dad every day. Um, but I also like the fact that you can't use that as an excuse. Cause so many times in our culture, we say, well, well, my family was like this, so that's why I'm the way I am. No, God wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to uh, start new beginnings. And, uh, you know, when they were talking, when they quoted the serenity prayer, you know, I often hear only the first four lines, you know, about God grant me the courage to change the things I can um, and the... uh, patience to deal with the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, that's usually what I hear and what gets posted on Facebook and memes and things like that. Yeah. But there's a whole uh, bunch more of that prayer. And so in its entirety, it's really powerful, in in my opinion. And it's probably one of those things, too, that kind of loses its luster because of how often it's quoted. And anybody can quote it, but not really mean it. But I just really thought there was a lot of meaning there. And I hope that you will uh, take away a lot from this podcast and that it will encourage you to go out and uh, get this film either on Redbox or punch it up on Netflix or maybe go out and buy the DVD. Because when we purchase movies like this, uh, we encourage others to continue to make high quality films that teach valuable lessons. And so we want to be out there and on the front lines of uh, endorsing good quality entertainment. And that's why we do that from time to time here on the Speaking for Him podcast. Well, um, that's about all that I have today, but I would encourage you uh, to have a great weekend. Maybe enjoy this um, for your Friday movie night this week. And we'll be, see you back here Again, next Friday, as we encourage you to keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 